extraordinary karma, and I've loved to read ever since I can remember. But I haven't always understood how to find the books that work for me. In the last few years, I've put focused time into my reading life to explore new-to-me genres and find the reading frameworks that work for me. I've gone from being completely lost in a sea of titles to homing in on the exact reads that will be amazing for me. In this season, I'll share my very first time keeping a reading journal, and I'll recommend the titles I discover and love along the way, along with specific, practical tips to help you find the books you need in your reading life. This is Season 3, Episode 7 of Reading Like an Adult, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about the super specific type of reading journal I've been keeping, along with some more amazing book recommendations from this summer. I have not been able to keep up with my physical reading journal. My aspirational reader self wants to have detailed notes on every title, but my practical, real-life reader self hasn't been able to keep up with it. I've settled for continuing to track my reading life on Goodreads and keeping an Evernote version of a reading journal with sections for notes and favorite quotes from the books that really compel me to jot something down. This is progress for me. I didn't track my reading life at all for my first 25 years or so as a reader. Then I started jotting down the titles I read in a physical list in a notebook each year, mostly because I wanted to know the total number. Starting to use Goodreads in 2019 was a turning point for me, giving me a very easy and accessible way to track the books I read. So I'm still going to count the bare bones reading journal I have as a big step forward. As promised, I want to talk about the specific reading journal I've been able to keep. I am always reading books to find inspiration for my writing life, and I have a new project I'm working on, which of course means that I have a long list of books to read specifically as inspiration for this new project. I got a new notebook that may be my new favorite. I'll include a link in the show notes. It's bound like a book with a cloth cover and comes in several different appealing covers. Mine is green, somewhere between a leaf green and mint. The pages are thick and creamy, and the notebook when opened lies flat, something every journaling writer knows is very important. In this great little notebook, I have finally been able to keep detailed notes about one specific book I'm reading as research for my writing project. I'm writing down key quotes and fascinating tidbits that I want to explore further, along with the exact page number to find it in the book later. I would do this kind of detailed journaling for every book I read if I had the time, But I think capturing notes for one book, and hopefully more of the books on my research and inspiration list in the future, is still a huge win for my reading life. If you're also struggling to keep up with your reading journal at this point in the year, my advice is to find the workaround that fits what you need. I strongly recommend tracking the titles you read, but other than that, I think anything goes. Capture what's most important to you, and don't think of a reading journal as all or nothing. I love science nonfiction, so of course I had to make it part of my year of revisiting nonfiction month by month. While July was my designated science nonfiction reading month this year, this is a genre I'm almost always reading. The science nonfiction genre sounded intimidating to me for a long time. I assumed I wasn't knowledgeable enough to understand it, and I thought only people who have a scientific background and or are actively working in STEM fields would be the target readers for this genre. But we're lucky as readers to live in a time when science writers aren't just writing for science and medical professionals. They're now reaching readers of all backgrounds, 
through clear, accessible prose and fascinating, specific topics. My gateway book to this genre was The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs, A New History of Their Lost World by Steve Broussat. Well-paced, readable, and credible thanks to Broussat's on-the-ground experience as a paleontologist, The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs took me to the prehistoric world I longed to explore. I wanted more. I discovered the beautiful, lyrical, and richly researched writing of Elizabeth Colbert, reading about creatures lost to history, mostly because of human interference, in The Sixth Extinction, and about the ways we're changing the environment, mostly for the worse, but sometimes for better, in Under a White Sky. I read Lulu Miller's astonishing, beautiful science memoir, Why Fish Don't Exist, and loved it so much that it inspired me to start a reading journal right then and there. I discovered a world of books about animals and their intelligence and ability to relate and connect with humans, including Other Minds, The Octopus, The Sea, and The Deep Origins of Consciousness by Peter Godfrey Smith. I had no idea that octopuses in captivity can identify human keepers and play tricks on them, sabotage aquarium equipment, and raid other tanks for food. This fascinating read is partly a study of the origins of consciousness and partly hands-on research with anecdotes from the author's own time connecting to the octopus. Because I can't resist bringing in another summer reading recommendation, if you do pick up a non-fiction book about octopus intelligence and want a fun, fictional pairing, you might enjoy the 2022 debut novel, Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. While it's very much a work of fiction, Remarkably Bright Creatures was inspired by real-life accounts of octopus intelligence. I had no idea that I needed to read a novel that's partly narrated by a cephalopod, but I loved the octopus character, Marcellus. For my month of reading science nonfiction, I read How to Clone a Mammoth by Beth Shapiro. Fair warning, while it sounds like science fiction, How to Clone a Mammoth was a very academic read, so I wouldn't pick it up if you haven't tried out this nonfiction genre before. But if you're fascinated by ancient creatures and want to know more about scientists who are trying to bring mammoths, passenger pigeons, an ancient kind of cow called an auroch, and other extinct animals back to life, this is a must-read. The science nonfiction genre has been one of my favorite reading surprises in the past few years. I have so many other books on my list, including Other Lands, A Journey Through Earth's Extinct Worlds by Thomas Halliday. Written by a paleontologist, Otherlands promises to bring 16 fossil sites to life on the page through cutting-edge scientific research. There are also some brand new books on order with my library that I can't wait to read soon, including An Immense World by Ed Yong, a deep dive into animal senses and how the creatures around us see, hear, and feel the world, and The Monster's Bones, the Discovery of T-Rex and How It Shook Our World by David K. Randall, a narrative nonfiction read about fossil hunters in the early days of paleontology. I'm also so excited to pick up The Rise and Reign of the Mammals, A New History, From the Shadow of the Dinosaurs to Us, which is Steve Broussat's follow-up to The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs, the very first book that pulled me into the genre. I can't wait to return to prehistoric worlds with him. I have a very simple, very adaptable reading resource for you, The Quick List. 
This is a list that can be a bridge between your massive TBR list and your list of library holds. It can be hard to navigate a long to-be-read list to figure out what book you need next, even if, like me, you've broken it out by genre. I use this list whenever I think of a specific book I'd like to read ASAP but can't yet squeeze into my reading life. Your quick list could look like What Should I Read Next, Podcast Host, and Bogle's Post-It with five books. Or, and this is what's been working for me, it can be an Evernote document with a list that fluctuates but typically doesn't include more than seven or eight titles. Your quick list can also include authors whose backlist you want to explore. Right now, I have the author Grady Hendricks listed on mine as a reminder that working through his backlist is one of my reading goals. A short quick list is important for this reading resource to be helpful. Adding every single book you're excited about will just turn it into another unwieldy TBR. But if you want a supplementary list that's longer than 5 to 10 titles but isn't as long as, say, your full 600 book TBR, another suggestion is to create a priority TBR list. Note, this was also inspired by an Anne Bogle recommendation. If you love reading, I highly recommend looking into the Modern Mrs. Darcy Book Club for a wonderful world of reading resources. My priority TBR list on Goodreads for now only includes adult fiction and only includes novels, but of course you can mix it up if you like. I have around 30 books on my priority TBR right now, and it feels so much more manageable to look at that list than to look at the 137 novels on my adult fiction TBR and try to figure out what I want to read next. Every reader has certain genres they steer clear of for good reason. I know I've tried thrillers, fantasy, and science fiction, and those genres are very rarely a good fit for me. But one genre I ignored only because it sounded both boring and emotionally taxing was the multi-generational family saga. This phrase makes my eyes glaze over, and it also makes me think the book is only going to be sad, bad things happening. But for summer 2022, I wanted to stretch in my fiction reading, so one of the books I picked up was French Braid by Anne Tyler. I loved it. I'm not sure how to recommend it because, in a sense, nothing happens in this book. It's just about a family, but I couldn't put it down. The writing is spare yet beautiful, and the characters sneak up on you. Maybe it's partly because this book took me by surprise, but I think it will stay with me as one of my all-time favorite reading experiences. Thanks for listening. You can visit readinglikeanadult.com to find a list of all the books mentioned in this episode. If you'd like more book recommendations or even a personalized reading list of your own, please check out my Substack newsletter, People Who Like Things. Subscribers will immediately get access to the two parts of my summer reading guide with even more recommendations for amazing books. This episode was written, narrated, and produced by me. I'm Jordani Karma, and I'm glad you're joining me on this reading journey. In the next episode, we'll talk about reading as self-care and explore a non-fiction genre I've been eyeing for years. I can't wait.